0: Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick end John Crabtree,
1: broken up, picked off, this game is over. I'm the best corner in the
0: game, when you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me, L-O-B. He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that,
1: the quarterback, you can't fight. Stokely, down the
2: sideline! Can they catch up? Stokely, wow! Touchdown, Denver!
3: Unbelievable! Alright, you're very welcome along to uh, this week's NFL right. podcast on Off The Ball. I missed the alright there. Uh, we're going to talk some fantasy nonsense a little bit later on in the program, but for now we've got the real deal. We've got Sam Monson, a pro football focus, at PFF underscore Sam on Twitter. Kean Fahey, Football Outsiders and Football Guys columnist, at Cian AF on Twitter. And Donnie Mahoney, at Donnie Mahoney on Twitter, and uh, off the Ball producer. Lads, you're all very welcome. I um, uh, don't want to be captain obvious, but uh, the Super Bowl was replayed, and it was a pretty good game. Or was it? How much do we know now that we didn't know? but either of these two teams, Sam?
2: Yeah, I think it was a pretty good game. It was kind of how I expected the Super Bowl to go last time in that it was a closer, you know, a much closer game that I think the Seahawks won fairly but it wasn't an absolute murder fest like the last one where it was just game over from from the first play for Denver. Why were Denver able to get back in the game in the second half? What changed? I think they discovered a couple of root concepts that worked against that Seattle-based um, defence and, and just kept going at it and, and you know... Against that Seattle team, there's no, you know, there's no kind of Achilles heel that's going to destroy them in in one play instantly. You're going to have to take it bit by bit and, and just keep hammering on anything you do find.
3: So it was almost inevitable that over the course of 120 minutes, that Peyton Manning would eventually work something out in the final 10 minutes. Yeah, I think
2: game they do. Peyton Manning against any defense, given long enough, is going to find something that works, and he's smart enough that when he does, he's he's going to stay with it, you know, and and try and gain yardage that way Keane is there just a possibility too though that at halftime, the Seahawks are thinking
3: oh he whooped their ass once we're whooping their ass again and they ease off a bit
0: uh, I, I don't think so I don't think that was it I think uh, they did a lot of similar stuff to what they did in the Super Bowl but this time the Broncos avoided those disastrous plays like the snap over his head at the start of the Super Bowl and anything like that early in the game they were quite conservative they attacked the right side of the Seahawks' defense for the most part, and they did that in the Super Bowl as well. But when they did it, it the game had already been decided, so it wasn't really relevant. And I, I think they were—they showed that they can beat them, that it's possible. But they also showed how difficult it's going to be to beat them. And I, obviously, San Diego showed a week before, but this game was in Seattle, so it was different, and it was probably a more impressive display overall because Seattle or because San Diego largely relied on Rivers, whereas I think the, uh, the Denver whole performance was closer to Seattle's.
3: A, a, a few points about um, Denver before we go. Uh, Monte Ball, not so good. Demarius Thomas, clearly injured. So I, I don't know if these are things that actually are uh, in the positive or the negative column for Denver and that they go, oh, well, when Demarius is better or when one of our running backs puts his hand up and performs the way a, a first choice running back should do, we'll be a better team. Or if that's like the least worst case scenario for a team going against the Seahawks is that one of our star receivers isn't playing very well and one of our uh, running backs isn't, isn't, good that you know that's a, a manageable amount of stuff to have to deal with in a game
0: well it's always dangerous to look at it that way because i think percy harvin had a fairly quiet game he could have had a much bigger game and emmanuel sanders had a very good display and you don't know if you're going to consistently get that all the time so even if you get monty ball to play a little bit better and if you get demarius Thomas to be healthy other things can still drop off so that's always a dangerous way to look at it and i i'm i'm more concerned about their running game than I am about Demarius Thomas because Monty Ball, I don't think, has looked good all season.
3: Yeah, so just talk to us and let's tease that out a bit then. If they don't have a run game, does that not then mitigate against some of the situations last year which saw the offense be so spectacularly successful?
0: Yeah, I think it does. I think it's very important because even though Moreno wasn't a star, he was able to take advantage of the space he was given and that's something we talked uh, talked about at length during the playoffs last year ahead of the Super Bowl. And if if ball simply can't do that, it'll be easier for them to defend Manning and play the different coverages that are more susceptible to running games rather than just having Manning Manning beat them.
4: Yeah, you're a Monty Ball fan. Hey, he's he's my buddy. I learned something else in that game, Peyton Manning. Kind of good. Yeah, kind of good at football. Those final fifty seconds. Hey, they were great. I I missed the whole third. The whole I turned, in, turned into that game in the fourth quarter, and uh, that last drive I think was a thing of beauty, where for the first time ever Peyton Manning became. An underdog, somebody the whole world could could cheer for. This guy, this old fellow who wasn't very good at what he was doing anymore. Suddenly, in forty seconds, lightning in a bottle, boom, just slayed that defense. Yeah,
3: and I think slays any of the arguments that Peyton is in any way a diminished
4: force. I think so. Now, I do think the uh, Seahawks. I think they got a bit cocky. Um, I think they, I, th- I think they thought that game was done, and uh, that they, that they, that they owned that Peyton Manning was. In their back pocket for Ryan. Yeah, I
3: have, a, I have a bit of that as well. Like that, actually, Seattle had the game under control, and it's only when they ease off a little bit that they take their eye off. I, I mean, is that not a very natural thing? You hammer this team once; uh, you are their boss. You you dominate them They're in every daddy. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now that said, though, I thought that that uh, Seahawks drive was really impressive
4: when you know when the, the first in overtime where they just, I mean, Wilson just marches down, kind of impossible to stop with those four or five yard runs. Throws what he needs to throw. Lynch, kind of the only good running back in the NFL anymore. And um, I don't know, I just like, in a way, I, you can see it as a way Seahawks mortal, almost beaten on their own turf, throwing away a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. But then at the same time, possibly... Even better? In, even better than you even thought, I don't know.
2: I think we've seen over the last two games um, with the Seahawks just what it takes to actually beat them. You know, the, the Chargers and the Broncos both had to play pretty much flawless stuff if they were going to end up on on the right side of the scoreline against them. And, you know, San Diego managed it. They were they relied on Rivers being ridiculously good. Peyton Manning was ridiculously good for some of that game, but not enough of it to get it done in, in Seattle. So I think it just reinforces what we already knew in that they're the best team in the NFL by a distance. And for anyone to actually beat them, it's going to take you know them at the the peak of their powers and hope Seattle don't have the best game in the world.
3: Do the Broncos suddenly have hope though that they went to Seattle and okay so I know the game goes to overtime and eventually there's a winner but in normal time they were their match.
2: Yeah, I think that I think they'll come away from that now knowing that they can beat them even if they didn't, you know. You could there could be a danger if they if they got hammered again in Seattle, you know, if if they met say in the Super Bowl this time. You're going into that, into that game already beaten. You know, yeah. You're on the back of two heavy defeats. You're thinking, how can we beat this side? But now, you know they they will feel that yeah, we can we can take them if we play well.
4: All right, and uh, one point, final point, Joe. Maybe they'll get able to be able to get the overtime rule change in time for the Super Bowl <laughs> to be able to have another go. Yeah, right. maybe Peter or maybe Peter Peter King along with Peyton Manning can kind of work together to. Get Roger Goodell's ear he's, I know he's a little bit distracted at
3: the
2: moment but it um.
3: It does seem like they're almost getting this to the point of perfection that you know well the idea know. of a
2: touchdown just should not Manning maybe they should just tie the game why Why do we need a winner in this it's the regular season Just, <laughs> just draw what's the problem <laughs> good question. Well, you want a replay? <laughs> no, just everyone oh, the tie. It's a one at the it's end. It's yeah. confusing though when you have to add those those records up at the end of the year. Yeah, but you know, we can there's computers now. We don't need to do the math. Someone yeah. else can. Uh okay, I want to move on to
3: some of the other big games that were interesting in uh in different ways. Um it, it, look it's difficult to start um or to know exactly where to start, but I want to start with Green Bay and their continued difficulties. Detroit beat them 19-7. Um This is supposed to be an offense that can do it at once and move the ball when it wants. And uh, now that they've sorted out their defense problems, they were Super Bowl contenders again. But uh, they look very mortal, Keen.
0: Yeah, I've actually been going through their games just this morning because I'm writing a piece on Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers has been... It's hard to blame Rodgers and say he's the problem. But if the Packers are going to be good, Rodgers is always going to have to elevate them and be at his best because the offensive line is kind of reliant on him a little bit the receivers are good but not great but to this point I think their biggest issue is Rodgers has been less accurate than he normally is and he's been forcing the ball to Jordy Nelson turning down open receivers and while he's talked previously about having the trust of his receivers I generally think that's just a cop-out for bad quarterback play the quarterback say and he shouldn't have any reason not to trust a guy like Randall Cobb who he's turned down a few times when he's open and it's it's good. The the problem with the Packers is they're kind of beating themselves on offense and they're not good enough on defense to cover for an offense. It's not, it's not, it's not at its very best. How do you fix that? Well, you rely on Rodgers to get better, really. <laughs> I don't think there's much else they can do. Is that a psychological thing? That she's, uh, or is I think
2: a- they also need to get an awful lot more creative on offense. They're basically running <laughs> the same package every play and it, there's only so many times you can show teams that before they figure out a way to, to play it now. Rodgers isn't playing the best, um, like Ian said, he's he's turning down some open receivers at times, but that's an inbuilt advantage you're giving a defence just from a schematic point of view that there's really no excuse for. I know Donnie made the point about um there being one good running back uh, at the moment. I was being a bit facetious there.
3: I get it, but uh, <laughs> it's not, you know, many many of the words spoke off true and jest, mm. whatever that quote is. Like, what the hell's happened to Eddie Lacey, who was a superstar breakout rookie last year and who has bits and pieces of that in evidence in games, but over the course of 60 minutes is fumbling, getting done for a safety in this one, just uh, not not looking real.
2: Yeah, he's he's not playing the best at the moment. I think he's a guy who's a bit of a worry in terms of concussions and things at this stage as well. It's only for I think it's especially bad when a running back starts getting dinged for concussions because that's a position that's inherently going to take... An awful lot of punishment and an awful lot of punishment to the head. It's the only position, essentially, where you can still drill a guy square on in the head, yeah, um, and have you know no flag, no consequences for it. So I don't think that's a particularly good thing in his favor either. It
4: is unusual, generally, though. You've got Doug Martin, Trent Richardson, Lacy now, all these guys incredible in their first year, and then completely off the cliff the year after. Bell and Pittsburgh has gotten a lot has improved, but it seems like a weird trend that almost. You know, is gaining momentum. The running backs just completely lose something. In that he's not year. quite at the same stage yet as uh, Trent Richardson or Doug Martin, but he's getting there. I mean, if if, if you look at his, if he's, if the curve continues after that's after three games, I was looking at his stats last year, and he started slow as well, and then by the end of the year he was a beast. But um, you'd be worried. I, I know most people experience uh, Eddie Lacey pain via the fantasy world, and um, and you know that's where his decline is kind of most apparent. But I mean, it, within the context of this. The, this malaise in Green Bay he seems like one of the you know one of the main problems
3: I mean is it just to do with the wear and tear at the position? I, I think wear and tear at at 23 I mean I mean the fact that so your job is to go out there and be beaten up 30 times a game nobody else actually has to the linebackers or sorry maybe the linebackers actually suffer but the offensive and defensive line that's an explosive bit but it's at close quarters these guys are getting lined up from quite far away by m- sometimes
4: much bigger guys. Well, it would only make sense if not, you're saying that the violence in the game has gotten that intense in the last say 5 years because the running backs would always bear that kind of yeah. that, that kind of pain and you know it's it, I can't remember um, going back just just this sheer drop off of an inability from from year 1 to year 2.
2: It's it's difficult sometimes to separate the the job of the running back from the job of the blocking around him um, especially when you are trying to do it with statistics uh but what I mentioned earlier about the how vanilla that offense is, that's going to help defenses in terms of keying on on when it's run, when it's pass. Yeah, they know when it's coming, and a lot of the times Lacey is is just running into brick walls. There's nowhere to go, and I, I don't think it's a case of the offensive line blocking particularly poorly for him. I just think they're they're half a step behind the defenders who know who's, what's coming. Who's, I mean, is is that Rogers not?
3: Audibleing the play call and saying this is nonsense. They have sussed what we're doing is that the offensive coordinator just being a bit lazy.
2: I think it's coaching. I don't think it's lazy. I'm not sure what the reason for it is, but for whatever reason, they've decided that they they're going to have to run this relatively vanilla looking offense with a you know more or less just one kind of personnel package and and try and work things that way, and it's it's just not working. Kim, what what's your uh, theory?
0: Uh, for their offense in general, I think they've, they've, they've had that uh, be successful in the past, so they're not really adapting now. They think they've seen it work, so they're just going to stick with it. For Lacey, I'm not really concerned about Lacey. I think Lacey's played relatively well. He just hasn't had the numbers because in week one, you face the Seahawks in Seattle, where very, pretty much nobody has success running the ball. In week two, you face the Jets, who are always brilliant against the run. And in week three, he fumbled with his with his first carry, either his first or his second, I'm not sure which. And he was benched for a while, and that kind of irritated me because he only had one fumble last year. So it's, you kind of took him out of rhythm from the start. And like Sam said, they were reading, they were uh, crowding him out at the line very, uh, very often. I'm not really concerned about him individually. I think he'll eventually get going again and get his numbers that he had last year. Because even at this time last year, he didn't have huge numbers. So he doesn't need to perform throughout 16 games to have big numbers. But overall, I, my main concern is like Sam's is with the offense as a whole, and a little bit more with Rogers rather than Lacey.
3: Okay, all right. Let's move on. The three and zero Arizona Cardinals who thought that we'd be sitting here saying that against the San Francisco Forty ers who um, suddenly are struggling badly. Your Harbaugh theory seems to be uh, very accurate. Yeah, they haven't scored in the fourth
4: quarter of the season. I think. I'm very. I don't know. I've you know they started one and two last year, and um, you know they're one and two now, but there's something in the way they've they've lost. The last two games, the Chicago game and and uh, Arizona last week, like the penalty, the stupid penalties, and just, just the sort of deer in the headlights look from Kaepernick. I don't know La Harbaugh looks confused. You know, he looks he looks like he's something is beyond his control. He seems like generally like you know, he I'm the boss, like a like a like a general military general. But watching some of the, watching them sort of crumble against Arizona. I know the Arizona defense is good, and they're on the road, but I mean, I think that 49ers team should win that game, I think, you know.
3: Um, They went with loads of uh, five wideouts and barely ran the ball. I think that uh, Frank Gore three rushing attempts in the entire second half and was complaining afterwards about, well, you know, we were in the lead in this game, generally run down the clock here. Not a very San Francisco 49ers under Jim Harbaugh performance.
2: No, they seem to They seem to have kind of decided they're going to run the ball in, in that way where they, they'll spread the defense out and then rely on Colin Kaepernick or... A kind of almost a trick play to to exploit the space that gives them. Whereas I think the Forty ers are one of the few teams in the NFL that are perfectly set up to just power run the ball. And and even if they they use some things like the option or you know something like that to help them, they're better suited to be able to to just roll great guys out of the way. They they're actually not great in space. Explain the option to us. The option essentially is is what it says the the quarterback has the option to either hand it off to the running back or to keep it himself and so instead of just there being one threat to rush the football you've got two, you've got two guys that can they can keep it and 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 run the ball. So the 49ers for a couple of years since they had Kaepernick under sender have been using that to, to add a, an extra dimension to the, the 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 running offense, you know, it's guys trying to key on the traditional running backs and also having to to worry about contain and, and keeping Kaepernick in there.
3: Kane. is there a danger in that what we're doing is undervaluing the performance from Chicago and also the, the performance from Arizona and that actually San Francisco are still the team they were? It's just that um, while they've stayed still-ish, the other teams are catching
2: them.
0: Um, I'm not certain about Chicago, but I think definitely the week three game against the Cardinals said more about San Francisco than it did Arizona. Um, when, when you go got... Over the last few years, since Kaepernick came into the starting lineup, they've built all their success on running the ball. It's been the identity of their offense. It's how they establish their offense. It's how Kaepernick uh, finds his receivers on field based a lot off of play action, a lot off of defenses focusing on Gore. In this game, they completely inverted what they were doing, and they just asked Kaepernick to pick apart a defense, to go through progressions to find receivers somebody the open, far in the pocket. And there were receivers open. There was actually there was a number of shots he could have taken downfield for big plays. And Kaepernick just he's not comfortable doing that yet. He won't stand in there and deliver the ball under pressure consistently to open receivers, or he won't throw in anticipation to receivers who are coming open. And if you're not, if you haven't got a quarterback who's not doing that, you have to be able to run the ball, and you have to be committed to running the ball. You're, and they simply weren't.
3: You were tweeting those pictures out a little bit earlier on. If anybody wants to check them out, uh, at KNAF on Twitter, where there was uh, two wide receivers, and he's literally just tucking the ball under his under his arm and, and legging it. But if you think back to, <clears throat> pardon me, the first couple of minutes of the season. Where they had one drive where Vernon Davis was open twice. He picked him. They scored a touchdown from it, I think, in about fifteen seconds. Um, just after they'd uh, scored a, uh, an interception touchdown, I think. And you were thinking, well, okay, well, this is exactly what Kaepernick needs to do. But he's, he's for whatever reason they've decided that oh, <laughs> we didn't like that. We didn't like the way you're able to throw the ball quickly down the field to an open receiver. We want to do something different.
0: Yeah, well, there's a as I if you do go look through those pictures, you'll see. I noted there's a fine line between finding the perfect balance between finding the open receivers quickly and finding, uh, and finding uh, when you need to run the ball and when you need to be patient and when you need to take shots. And it's very difficult to do. So it's not really a major knock on Kaepernick that Kaepernick's a bad player or anything. It's just the physical talent is there and the mental awareness or the mental acumen to carry an offense as a passer just simply isn't there yet.
3: Yeah, okay. Uh, Arizona this week is a bye week for them. A bit of a disaster given how well they're playing. They'd like to just keep going. Are they a proper 3-0 team?
2: I think so, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be kind of Super Bowl contenders by the end of it. I think the NFC is just too strong overall, but they're, they're certainly 3-0 and on merit. It's not like they're frauds or anything.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, I was uh, in the company of Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe at the um, All-Ireland Football Final. Humble brag. And I was uh, asking him about Pats. And sure. I was like, what the hell? Because I've got Gronk. What is Tom Brady done? He's like, "Nah, Tom Brady's still one of the top three quarterbacks in the world. What? And uh, this was at the same time. He didn't know what was going on in the Oakland game because uh, obviously that could, they, they might have been simultaneous or it was might have even been before it. But what's going on with Tom Brady? I actually have a theory on this. Go on. So the Patriots,
4: world renowned for sort of revolutionising offence and you know scoring lots of touchdowns. that Everybody remembers 2007, all that kind of thing. Actually, what's happening with the Brady-Belichick era as it kind of fades into the sunset? Crumbles. No, no. What they're trying to do is replicate what they did in the 2001 2002 season when they won their first Super Bowl. So, actually, they're putting all their emphasis on on defense and they're going to try to win the Super Bowl with a really bad offense, almost as a tribute to their first (laughs) Super Bowl win. It's pastiche. It's uh, it's an homage to themselves as they go out because you can only win in so many different ways. So, they're trying to just, you know, they're saying, let's do a throwback. We're gonna we'll win with defense, special teams. Brady will be back in 2002. Brady could barely throw, could barely throw more than 20 yards. So we're gonna Can't do it. We're throw gonna do more it this yards now. Exactly. One so,
2: for 13, I think, on those
4: passes. It's man. the old school. This is this one for the, the for the for the hardcore fans, you know. Yeah.
3: What's going? On? What's the truth though? What? What? <laughs> what, <laughs>
4: what? Why are they screwed? Well, Brady's not good anymore, and his receivers are pretty bad. Gronk is 50 percent of himself. Aaron Dobson's fit. And they're not even putting him in the 50. Matchday squad. Yeah, I don't like I mean, the good thing is that the division is crumbling. The Dolphins are terrible. The Bills are on the way to being terrible. The Jets aren't good. So ten and six will will um will win us the division. And tell me this: New England going into Cincinnati or something like that in the playoff? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I'm, we I'm, all of a sudden we're back in Denver. Yeah, well and if, people if are giving Gronkowski us a chance. Is fit, again.
3: You've got a game. You've got a chance against uh, Andy Gold Well, Alden fit in, the playoffs, in which way? Fit, fit
4: fit in a two thousand and. Uh,
3: 11 way or in a 2014 way well he, he's not fit yet he's definitely coming back and they're easing him back in anybody else any theories on how bad tom brady is? you've yeah you've written about this before sam if,
2: if i stick your name into google the third <laughs> thing that comes up is sam Watson, tom brady the 3rd How <laughs> amazed is that low down and half new england trying to kill me during the off season i i just think you know i, I said it in the article i think we we started seeing for a while his decline i think things kind of collapsing around in the offensive line as a shadow of what it was. And if you start putting those things together, you're now not giving him the help that he had. So I think it's just the decline that was already underway is now being kind of highlighted by by things around him. Is it also possible that all those things that were uh, major
3: um, pluses whenever a team was coming to assess the, the Patriots as opposition, we don't know which of their running backs is going to be the one that we have to watch out for, we don't know which of their receivers is the one that's going to be hot Uh, now that's a weakness in that we don't have to worry about their running backs because none of them are particularly good we don't have to worry about their receivers some of them are okay but not great
2: I think there's still talent there I don't think there's any less talent in the skill position uh, positions than there has been for a few years Um, you know Gronkowski when he gets healthier is is going to be better but I think that offensive line is is the biggest problem they have at the moment. It's You know, Dante Skarniecki, the the long-time offensive line coach there, is probably the biggest loss of the entire offseason, maybe in the league. Um, He's a guy that, no matter who they plugged in, had consistently good offensive lines year after year, and now they've got suddenly one of the worst at at a time where Tom Brady needs that protection more than he's ever done in his career. Okay,
4: where did he go? I think he retired, didn't he? Yeah, he'll get up. One final point. The Raiders, you can't hit on the Raiders. They're a serious team. (laughs) (laughs) There's, you know, they went out there and they fought. Their defense is, you know, they're a tough. Khalil Mack's a really good player. Yeah, this is a, this is a playing in his third every game. You're undervaluing the effort that these guys put in to beat the Patriots. the kind of, you know, people turn up just to play them.
3: Well, uh, we'll see how well they get on at London uh, this weekend when they take on the Dolphins. Uh, it's Miami, Auckland is at uh, is at Wembley Stadium. Um, there's a couple of other quick games that I want to talk about before we look forward to next week. Um, and the Carolina Panthers—they're so—they're uh, amazing—and the Pittsburgh Steelers—they're no good. That narrative got twisted on its head a little bit, Keen.
0: Yeah, that was—I um, found myself saying this a lot this year. But there's coaching malpractice everywhere. <laughs> and in that game, the Steelers' biggest issue is they can't stop the run. They're not built to stop the run, and they've shown the first two games that they can't stop the run. The Ravens had a terrible running game, and they still were able to put up big numbers and score vital um, and make vital plays. But the Panthers decided to just run the ball four times with the running backs in the first half. And then once the game got out of hand in the second half, they were obviously going to pass it all day. And even if the Panthers' running game wasn't that good, they should still have stuck to that to attack the Steelers' biggest weakness. And if a team in the NFL doesn't go for your biggest weakness and just plays to your strengths, you're always going to win. So I'm not sure it's that the Steelers are actually that good, or it's that the Steelers have two very, very good offensive players in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And their defense was let off the hook by poor coaching. So I think that might be, we might look back on that in a few weeks and think that was a bit of a freak game.
3: How's Roethlisberger playing? Is he is he still the Ben Roethlisberger of uh, two Super Bowl rings or is he is he definitely past it?
0: I think he's similar to Brady at this stage where he can't really throw the ball down the field, but he's better than Brady on the underneath and he's obviously more physically physically talented than Brady because Brady's older and Brady was never really a great athlete. So I think he's, they've kind of crafted their offense around him and around his skill set. And it's working relatively well because Brown is so good and because Bell is so good.
3: OK, I've got to briefly mention Philadelphia 37, Washington 34. Kirk Cousins gets the start, obviously, uh, because RG3 is injured. And Kirk Cousins is really the, the quarterback that Washington needs to run the offense they're trying to run.
2: Yeah, I've I've never been tremendously impressed with Kirk Cousins in the past when he's gotten, you know, relief duty for R G three, but he's actually playing pretty well at the moment. I'm kind of I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off. Is it possible
3: that the previous coaching staff felt exactly the same way you do? And actually they were thinking you, you get out there and maybe we'll get some trade value from you. You got you're going in the summer anyway and they're gone and then you guys have come in and said, You're our boy, this guy, the injury prone guy that the owner likes, he's just a plaything. You're our guy.
2: May I think that there's still I don't think he's ever going to succeed in Washington. I think the best he's doing at the moment is putting himself in the in the trade window as a as a were and you know he's he's advertising for a job somewhere else. I, so I, you think RG three comes back? And yeah, I just think that the the regime there is they're too tied to him. They invested so much. I can't see any way. I think he's there as long as they have jobs, and you know that may well be what's going to cause him to not have the job. Is, yeah. When he gets them fired, that's interesting because I would pick Cousins at this point.
4: I'm going to put a marker down. I'm going to say this: RG three will never play another game in a Redskins jersey. Never come back. Yeah, don't see it happening <laughs> because Cousins is just. I think Cousins will establish himself. That that's like a decent team. Uh, something there seems, you know, this thing about uh, Axel Foley being cursed as a monster coach. Something seems a bit a bit cursed about RG three since that injury in um in that Seattle playoff game. I don't know. I just like I I see all I see all the points about. Dan Snyder being lined up behind Griffin. But if, you know, that... Those, if he's going to win. If he's going to win. The Redskins fans are so dying for a team that's good. You know, just give us something. And, you know, that, the way that division is shaped up, they could easily get a wild card um, berth. And, you know, if, if they go 9-7, win a playoff game, how do you, you know, how does Griffin muscle his way back in there? I, I think he's maybe more valuable as a trading asset.
3: Yeah, I, I'm kind of inclined to agree. Kim, what's your take?
0: Uh, I've got a name for you and it's Matt Flynn. That's what I think Kirk Cousins is very like. <laughs> if you know Matt Flynn, you know that Matt Flynn had a couple of big games a few years ago. Record
3: breaking. And- I think he got the so does he still have the records? I think he does actually, doesn't he? Yeah.
0: But um the, a couple of years ago Matt Flynn came in and had a couple of huge games against bad defenses in off in an offense that just carried him. And this is kind of what I saw Cousins as at the weekend. He played well. He made good decisions, made smart decisions. But I don't think he has the arm to be a consistent producer at the NFL level. He can throw the ball down the field. We saw that with Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's big play. And Garcon had a big play down the sideline as well where he made good throws. But he doesn't have great velocity on his uh, throws, on his shorter throws, and his intermediate throws. And you're kind of looking at the Eagles secondary and thinking... If there's even a slightly better secondary there, they might have had a couple of picks and they might have, And Cousins probably wouldn't have had anywhere near as, uh, as good a production as he did have.
3: Is it possible there aren't that many good secondaries in the NFL and that actually he's going to be okay?
0: Yeah, but the problem with that is if you're committing to someone like that, you're committing to a worse version of Andy Dalton. And it's hard enough to commit to someone <laughs> like Andy Dalton. Like you said, like Danny said a moment ago, even as bad as the Patriots are, he still feels confident against someone like Dalton in the playoffs.
3: All right, uh, as an adult and owner in fantasy,
4: I, I, I buy that too. A3, I know they're the best team in the, in the league right now. Uh, well,
3: I mean, they're certainly the best team in September was how I heard it described. Well, it is it is September. Uh, we haven't seen October yet. Okay, some some games this weekend we should talk about. Uh, Green Bay at Chicago, we'll talk about that in a moment. Caroline at Baltimore, we have um Orleans at uh, at Dallas and uh, the Patriots at Kansas City. It's very possible that um, Kansas City's tip. The Patriots into some kind of crisis here because Kansas City. Everybody's been ragging on them, but actually they're not quite as bad as everybody anticipated. Tom Brady at night time, case closed.
2: <laughs> in which direction?
4: <laughs> New England will win that game. <laughs> they listen. Kansas City, great. They beat um they beat this vaunted Miami team last week. We saw what they could do. Yeah, it turns out that Miami team were completely overrated on the back of beating the Patriots in Week One. Yeah. Let's just see what happens when the uh, the lights go on and it's cold. And, well, I think. And is Kansas City cold? I don't know. Not it's probably not, here, not, not really.
2: September, no. no. I think the interesting matchup there is going to be watching their nose tackle, um Dontari Poe, against the interior of the Patriots' offensive line because Brady does not like pressure coming up, up the middle, and Poe is, is an absolute monster. The guy's like 340 pounds, and that's not a good interior for that line. Uh, and is he enough to give Kansas City a chance in most games at this point? No, I think specifically in this game, he matches up very well with their biggest weakness, with their Achilles heel, the thing that's causing them problems. I mean, they've got talented pass rushers on the edge as well, which which will be, you know, in addition to, to Poe, um, they'll cause the Patriots problems. But I think him up the middle is going to be the really interesting thing to watch.
3: All right. Um, New Orleans at Dallas. Okay, we haven't really talked about uh, the difficulties that the Saints have had so far this season. Breeze kind of got it together a bit more in week three. What's the truth about this New Orleans team, Keane?
0: I think the uh, week three was when I thought it was going to change, where I thought they were finally going to sort out the defense and uh, be be effective and put players in a right position to to play to their strengths. And I don't really think they did that. I think the numbers from that game were more a result of playing Matt Castle and then Matt Castle going out and Bridgewater being thrown in. Even though Bridgewater was pretty good, he was pretty good for a for a rookie making his debut. He wasn't just good for a normal quarterback. So I'm still very skeptical about them, and I still think all their problems are mostly correctable. So I think they can. I, I'm kind of going to stay optimistic about them, but for the moment, you're just—it's—it's it's very hard to buy into them until you see them make these changes.
3: Keeping Minnesota to nine points—is that a a function of the change at quarterback, or is that not a, a function of the fact that they've begun to move in the right direction?
0: Well, it's a function of. Minnesota missing their most important offensive player, Adrian Peterson. They're probably their third or fourth most, often, uh, most important offensive player, Matt Khalil, has become an awful player overnight. I don't know what, maybe he was that bad last year, Sam might tell you, but I don't remember him being as bad as he's been. He's been destroying the offense at times. I don't remember him being that bad last year. And your, and the quarterback change. I think Minnesota very much kept themselves that low, kept themselves to, to nine points in the game.
3: All right, uh, Philadelphia at San Francisco. This uh, history of Levi Fields needs to be made at some point where they actually win a game.
4: Yeah, it should, it should be a good game though. I think there's a strange spread there with the five and a half towards the home team. Am I right?
3: I didn't see it. Actually.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I like I like Philly there. I think they can go there. I think Foles will light them
2: up. The Eagles are just running out of linemen though. They've they've I think they've lost through injury basically an entire starting offensive line and a couple of backups at this point. They're they're running on sooner or later. I think that's got to catch up with them. The interesting thing with the Eagles is their, um, their fitness regime where
4: they seem to get better over the length of a game, where they start slow and they, they're outscoring teams. And there is some disquiet amongst the ranks this week because they've been running so much and so much of their, their training regime is built around running. A little bit of Mick O'Dwyer <laughs> influence there in, uh, well, he's in Philadelphia. But he's the world's
3: greatest sports scientist uh, head coach, I thought. Well, he's obviously, obviously not. learning from the master, you know. Um, there's a, a couple of other things obviously this being the, the first bye week we have um, a slightly less excellent collection of games to look forward to um, but from that perspective Cian Carolina at Baltimore and also Green Bay Chicago before we go uh, the, the it's not quite a must win game for Green Bay but it's not far off it
0: I think it, well, you can never have a must win game at this time of the year but this is as close as a, to a must win game as you can get like you said Again, I, I like Chicago a lot in this game because I, just, I don't really think the, the Green Bay are, are clicking on offense. I don't think their defense is good enough to match up to that Chicago offense. And even though Chicago were a little bit lucky on Monday night because they got a couple of calls for them against the Jets that they really shouldn't have got. But the, just that you saw the talent there. Like Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall couldn't play really last week. He was injured. He was playing through injuries. And they just went to Bennett and they went to Jeffrey a little bit. And the week before that, Jeffrey wasn't really playing properly and they could just work around that as well. When you have an offense that talented going up against a defense that just isn't that effective, I I, I just can't see how they're going to turn it around. So may, maybe they win this one out of desperation, but from uh, an on paper point of view, I don't really see a good way of picking them.
3: Yeah, Sam, like for Green Bay to lose again, every game after that becomes almost season defining because you can't really lose four games in a season and still
2: hope in that. Yeah, and especially if the Bears keep winning, because that's that's their problem. I think I don't think either the Lions or the Vikings are particularly a threat to the division at this stage. Neither of them look, you know, look particularly good. But if the Bears keep winning, that defines um, how much they have to do in order to to have any hope in the division. Okay, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the rookies. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Bridgewater does with a, a full week taking the first team reps, knowing he's going to start. Same with with Bortles in Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, he didn't have a great game. I think they've got real problems on the offensive line, which is why they kept him out, even though his preseason kind of suggested he should have been starting from the outset.
3: But. Yeah. like So The with a bad offensive line and a rookie quarterback, it's that you're going to get hammered and you're going to get sacked a lot and you're going to be playing under pressure and so that's bad for your confidence?
2: Yeah, it's a bit of both. I mean, one, you're ex- exposing the guy to the risk of being hit, knocked out of the game, injured, etc. Two, it's just so much more difficult for the guy to, to play well. You know, he's... He's got enough to worry about without having to, to concentrate on a, an unnecessary amount of pressure coming at him the whole time. You know, it's it's difficult enough getting a guy to adjust to, to what he has to do in a, you know, in a clean pocket.
3: Don't a lot of great quarterbacks have seasons where their first season is 1-15 because they've been picked very early in the draft, which means the team is already pretty crappy and it's only the second year that they managed to
2: build stuff around them? Definitely, but for every one of those, there's also a whole bunch of them who got battered senseless in that first year and never and really recovered, you know? Okay, and Bridgewater, you like? Yeah, I thought, like Kian said, he, he did well for a rookie. I don't think he was fantastic, um, but he showed what Matt Castle wasn't showing, which is the ability to make some throws within that offense and actually move the ball a bit. So, like I say, I'm I'm interested to see him with a, a full week preparing. He's uh, at Atlanta on Sunday, 4.25 p.m.
3: Eastern. So that's half nine-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what the game's going to be on TV. You never know until you tune in and go... Oh, why aren't they showing the game I want to watch? Oh, right, you don't—you haven't heard of this thing called illegal streaming? Yeah, but my illegal stream is pretty awful. Or game Pass. Uh, game Pass is probably a much better
4: option. <laughs> mm, maybe. <laughs> was it on this pod that we said uh, who was saying that Blake Bortles would not be starting this year? Uh, were, were you reporting that news?
3: I don't know. That was what they. That's what. That's what. That was the, the line out of. That was what Jacksonville had said. Bradley, saying. yeah. So uh, no one believed it. I don't think. Kim, what are you looking forward to most of this weekend?
0: All oh, the blood and guts that Steve Smith promised. He's facing his old yeah. team, the Carolina Panthers, and last week he torched the Cleveland Browns secondary. He's He may be 35 years of age, but I think if anyone knows Steve Smith, there's going to be probably it's a bit like Deshaun Jackson going back to Philadelphia last week, but it'll probably be much worse.
3: Yeah, I hope that he's mic'd up for... Um the uh, highlight show this week the good thing about the NFL is
4: you can score against your old team and celebrate and okay. celebrate more as
2: <laughs> like, long as you don't celebrate
4: with anybody else then it gets flagged for yeah, yeah. a coordinated celebration or whatever it is but like if Frank Lampard was in the NFL he could he'd have been booed. Doing, uh, well, he could have been booed but he would have been doing cartwheels and sort of breakdancing
3: or something <laughs> like that he'd have been booed for not celebrating yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. alright yeah. that's pretty much it I hope Steve Smith delivers this week lads thanks very much thanks yeah.
2: call the non-believers especially you Tom Jackson
3: all right, so Sam and uh, Kean have disappeared for the bit where we talk some nonsense uh, and have been replaced by Donnie, who um, also is capable of talking nonsense, as you might have established in the first part of the podcast. Possibly. All. Donnie
1: was also already here, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So he hasn't replaced anybody. No, no.
4: He, he's still here. Well, and the nonsense will thread my
3: presence in the first portion with the, the second part. the almost. Though. Possibly. <laughs> also with us, who's already really interrupted us, at McCarthy, Mick McCarthy, off the web producer. I apologise. Um, so this is the bit where it's called Mick's Picks yeah. which it's slightly erroneously named given that Mick is uh, currently bottom of the table I believe mm. joint bottom. Joint. Well, it's, a, it's still bottom do you get yeah. a special prize for there being some company? Oh, in I only get
1: half the Gatorade bath I think isn't it that's right so basically last week we went Jared did quite well he got that lucky Seattle cover uh, which I also got was it lucky of course it's lucky what are you talking yeah, the about the game lucky. was a draw in regulation did, time did you see the, the Denarius Thomas
3: catch that was lucky um, also 9 times out of 10 Julius Thomas in the first quarter in the end zone drops a pass now I'm not sure it was a good pass but if he catches that I win my like that that fantasy league is toast it's done it's over instead I lose it because Brandon Marshall and Chris Johnson Here we go, get yeah. 3.5 points between them so um, just
1: we'll, we'll talk about fantasy in a second but uh, just so that was obviously a jammy cover which I also got to but 2 from 3 is pretty good you picked Arizona which I Said last week, I agreed with. Now, Donnie, you did got them.
3: Did you pick them? I didn't pick them. On ah. That's why I said
1: no, no. You're, that's that's why I'm giving you kudos, Jer. And obviously, Donnie, unfortunately, after you're the only person to score in week one, didn't score at all this week. So, <laughs> Jer, right, yeah. Jer has two. I have one, and Donnie has one. Uh, that's from twelve picks so far, guys. But uh, or, uh, from six picks. Sorry, sorry. But uh, sorry, as I said you did pretty well with the Arizona pick, but uh, it wasn't. I did listen back to last week's podcast. Why did and, you do that? Yeah. yeah, can you do that? In hindsight, probably we didn't we didn't talk the most sense.
0: Carolina going to three
4: and minus three and a half home favourites against Pittsburgh, who I think if you take away their first
1: half against um, Cleveland, they are a really bad team like Giants level bad. Carolina minus two point five is pretty much, right? The Steelers are pretty bad. I watched all of the Thursday in that game. Baltimore killed them. I don't think Baltimore are any good. The Steelers are abysmal.
4: I think Miami are going to get their act together uh, this week. <laughs> they're, they're bringing Kansas City to town. Well, Houston, they're going to bring the J.J. Watt touchdown experience to Giant Stadium this week.
3: I'm, I think Houston is going to win easily here. Seattle against the Broncos. Okay. I'm all over this one. Seattle are going to win this by about 25 points. So, Green Bay plus two and a half at okay. Detroit. Interesting. I would like to bet on the total match points oh uh, yeah 53 <laughs> is the uh, over my prediction is that they are going to kill them Giants are terrible Giants are bad the over under on that by the like, way 53 points definitely worth a bet that
4: was my favourite bit yeah the so, over under
3: so uh this music will end eventually <laughs> or maybe not there could be a long tale on well wow talk about rewriting history uh which <laughs> bit?
1: I only heard two voices in that uh, package
3: <laughs> I no and can I say why
1: because I did my picks last, so I didn't really get to talk about them all that much. Oh, I yeah. had the same crappy opinions as you guys. I sure. have to be honest; there just wasn't as much of me. This is actually talking an, an airtime day. argument. They weren't anything else. Yeah. But, but we will, we'll, um, we'll, uh, we can change that around this week, and I can be the idiot. So sorry, we're getting straight into next picks. picks. Yeah. Okay, um, this was really hard this week. Bye weeks, yeah, suck. And also, <laughs> Basically, when it's the, all the good teams are on bye weeks. Yeah. So I haven't a clue. I I predict zero from three here again. I was going to go Just with... Just further to the TV conversation. Yeah.
3: I presume a game that kicks off at 9.25 is a game that's going to be on TV. I ch- I
1: checked that. Sorry, I heard you saying that. Philadelphia and San Francisco is the late Sky game and obviously the Wembley game is the early one. So problem
3: solved. I presume the Wembley game is live on terrestrial TV, like Channel 4 or something. It, was, it has been previously. Has it? No,
4: I, I, mean, I can't speak 100% with certainty here, but I'm pretty sure that Sky has all runs of those UK games and they and they, they own them
3: alright I, I thought that they did this really cool thing which would have been a good idea for the college football they just make it free on oh, yeah. the terrestrial channels to try and sport, lick the gospels of freedom
4: that would be a great idea for the college games but um, I don't know if that's the case to be honest
3: alright well sure we, we'll check that out and wait and see
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll know Friday Sunday time, we'll we'll tell. Yeah. time will tell time will tell first picnic Oh, God. Yeah, so as I said, I was going to pick Oakland, but then I realized they weren't at home. So Was I've Bill dis- Simmons
3: suspended? Yeah, what? I missed it. Oh, wow, live you're, on you're, you're way behind here. Oh, what happened? For, for that, uh, he's a liar,
1: Goodell's a liar, I don't yeah. care what you Co- say. Uh, here, a- ESPN, suspend me. I dare you. Go I dare on. you, ESPN. Suspend me. And um, that's probably why he was suspended. And uh, how long is the suspension? Three weeks. Three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. No, no. Does
3: that mean no... Po- I was wondering, because he was saying no that anything. coming, up, coming up soon,
1: there's a podcast. He can't even tweet.
3: Oh, and he can't do the basketball. The basketball's over. So.
1: No, the basketball starts a week after his suspension ah, ends, so it kind of works out quite well.
3: Starts a week after the suspension ends. All right, so. with that a three-week holiday mid-season? I get to go and watch football. Yeah. He can go and back to England. I don't, and don't know and of, I,
1: I, th- I think this might be the end of Bill Simmons in football. A lot of Bringing him none, the- nothing but pain, taking his, way, his eyes off the NBA.
3: Maybe maybe now we've got a chance to get him on the show. He's got nothing else to do. We'll see.
1: see. not allowed to do anything for three weeks.
3: Well, He can do us. We're, we're not we're not ESPN affiliates. Um, we can. I'll email him. I'll I'll will <laughs> lend him our our, our airways. If you can just. Um, I mean, I know that if you can reverse engineer those bits where Cousin Sal has giving out his email address, it sounds like it's a very short thing, like bill at mac dot com or something. No, it's an AOL address. All right. Donny's uh, secret.
1: I don't know. Passion and life. Skill. skill. I suppose is to find out people's email
4: address. It's, it's really easier than you would think. And the 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 Bill Simmons one, like
3: it was so obvious to me. I've been trying trying to crack it for five years, and then Thirty Three at email at uh, AOL.com? It, it was, ah! <laughs> straight out of the bat, one hundred percent right.
4: It, it was so obvious that when that when it I felt really dumb once I realized that, that that's what it was. How do you know it is? Because he responds to it. He's like, "Stop emailing me, clown! You emailed me twenty interview requests in the last week." <laughs> <laughs>
1: come on so my picks uh, <laughs> Jesus uh, I don't feel good about any of these as I said so, but I'm going for all own this shit man. I'm mate. going come for on. three covers own it for some reason I'm starting to regret my decisions here but I can't change them uh, Buffalo at the Houston Texas plus 3.5
3: yeah Buffalo plus 3.5 I think,
1: I think Houston are I don't know I think they've they didn't even beat the New York Giants last week Donnie mm. they peaked is what you're saying? Yeah, well, the Buffalo might have peaked too. This could be a pretty crappy game between know. two bad quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously has a bit of history with Buffalo. Sure. I think they might have gave him a, like a $50 million contract at one stage. Right. Uh, and then they quickly got out of it. He's
4: also a Harvard graduate, so I think there's a school of thought that maybe they, they know the insides of uh, of Fitzpatrick there at Buffalo. But I think this this guy with that smart smart beard... Mm amazing beard. I think maybe he I think he might not smart uh, buffalo. He might not smart buffalo. Yeah. Well, uh
1: anyway, look, I'm going for buffalo. I I rejected a trade this week for um Sammy Watkins, so you can be guaranteed mm-hmm. a two or three touchdown performance I him, also so.
3: I also own some. you oh, someone offered it to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. at put hoodies. Uh um yeah, different league than we talk about. Yeah, but I own Sammy Watkins in the league that we do talk about on this podcast yeah. mm-hmm. and no one, no one seems too interested in uh, taking them off my hands but I'm going to keep him because I think he's going to be good no, it's, it's podcast you shouldn't be you shouldn't be shopping him I no. don't think I'm not really I almost shopped uh, Calvin Johnson for Eddie Lacey and Keenan Allen and mm. then I got a bit of sense Yeah, I had this little brain fart where I was like I can get these two and buy low maybe it's the best decision I've ever made to try and get them the Eddie
4: Lacey market is really interesting right now
3: I don't like. He, I, he, he, is he good or not? I can't decide. Sam talking about the concussions for a running back was interesting. That that was a big whoa. Mm. Hadn't really thought it was a, a, like a second one in two seasons. At some point, he becomes Wes Welker, and you're thinking. Mm. Also, I haven't mentioned. We didn't mention Peyton Manning trying to get Wes Welker killed again. It's just he's like, oh, let's see, what, let's see how much I can lob it over the top, the little nice guy. slow pass. I think it's it's a Wes. Bit. Wes, get this, won't you? It, it's definitely revenge
4: for all the Patriots years, you know, <laughs> like some kind of payback. <laughs> they don't they, they don't really need him
1: anymore. Just throw him in there, just get his head. It's funny, I was something. thinking about Wes Welker the other day, and I, I. I it's funny, once somebody goes to a real team, like the Broncos or something, you kind of take out the, all the memories I had of him catching passes for the Patriots. And then when I thought of him as a Patriot, I remembered all I could think of was the miss catching oh. in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, um, his legacy is ruined. Okay, so the, uh, it's, so, right, the Bills so, are the
3: Texans, builds so, 3.5. Yeah. You're all over then there. we're going to
1: your beloved San Francisco Forty Nineers chair. I'm
3: on this one, yeah.
1: I have to. I, I like. I don't actually rate the Eagles all that much. I have to say, but for a three and O team, but I think them getting five points just because they're going to San Francisco, who are who I think are getting points by reputation rather than actual talent at this stage, and. I don't believe in them, so I'm going go okay. to go for the Eagles to cover one.
3: I have a theory about um, the San Francisco 49ers. If you watch any of the America's games um, where Bill Walsh turns the season around for the 49ers, mm-hmm. there's been a couple of those where it all starts horribly, where they're thinking he's not up to it. It's not. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is nonsense. He just doesn't have to. And then something happens in weeks four or five that at the end of the season and 20 years later they retrospectively pinpoint as the moment where they win it. Generally, it's nonsensical sure. invented narrative for t v but play I don't TV think now. I don't think Harbaugh's done. I don't think San Francisco and Harbaugh as a, a pairing are done. I think that Kaepernick needs to shut up mm-hmm. and play a bit better stop using derogatory language, yeah and I actually think that they're um, but this, all- this is going to be their first win at Levi Stadium, and it'll be a big emotional thing. It has to happen this week, though. If it, if it drifts away from them this week, they
1: they're in trouble. Oh, if it drifts away one or three with week. two games at Seattle left. Yeah, so uh, I wouldn't say they are done as a entity. I think actually it might, like, you know, you kind of get the impression that Harbaugh is an itchy feet kind of guy. It might work out better for them to have a disaster
3: and say, here, I've got to rebuild this and well, go again. You know, they this have a, a lot of personnel issues. Like, it's a contract season for Harbaugh. So that's the big, like, at the end of this, he's going to want to be paid as if he's won the Super Bowl. That's the big deal. And they're saying, as soon as you win the Super Bowl, we'll pay you like you win the Super Bowl. So it's a huge deal. This is a huge moment. If, yeah. if they don't win it this year, there's every chance he tests the free agency. I don't even know how that works for a coach, but you can see a lot of teams going, I'll take you for three seasons.
4: Yeah, I, I could th- I'm sort of think of them as like the Mayo of, um, of the NFL. Not like not, <laughs> not, not most, historically, but in yeah. terms of just you know this Mayo team. So close. So close. Weird things always happening. Teams peaking at odd times, always kind of going against them. I think their window's closed. And a pretty tough division. Eagles yeah.
3: plus five.
1: Eagles plus five for that one. They really need to start running the ball, though their offensive line is destroyed. Um, and then another one I don't feel great about, but I'm going on the whole narrative of Matt Ryan does not play well outside and Teddy Bridgewater is the new savior of the NFL. So it's quarterback versus quarterback. I'm, t- I'm taking Matt Ryan to
3: fall down after getting like 94 touchdowns. I, a point of information? Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings have a brand new stadium. It's a bowl.
1: No, but they're playing. They're playing in the in the um, college, are they not University of Minnesota.
3: You know, I'm pretty sure that I heard this as a. There you go. This is, a,
1: this is They're a, building a new stadium at the is moment. Is it not built? They played outdoors two weeks ago. They well, played the first Minnesota, and uh, then, out- then
3: that's all
0: right.
1: Yeah, unless they've changed in the meantime, in which case it's unlikely. <laughs> in which case, I could be in trouble here. Now, Matt Ryan, I hope is quarterbacking outside in Windy, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater is debut for the... He's going to throw nine touchdown passes to Cordero Patterson and I'm going to win in fantasy and in mixed picks. So they're plus three at home. Uh, so three covers
3: is what I'm going for. Have they moved from being indoors to outdoors? Is that what they've done? Yeah, they played, oh, okay. they played yeah. in that
1: place that fell down in the snow. Do you remember that just before the game?
3: Not really, but uh, okay. You remember
1: that, Donnie? I do, of course, yeah. There's a build-up of snow and the roof just collapsed into the snow. stupidity. This is a problem in
3: Minnesota where it snows so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, And you oh, built yeah. the, the roof out of just
3: like cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to Minnesota. Yeah. Spent some time in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Did you go to the Mall of America? I did go to the Mall of America. I bought a pink iPod for my wife. Uh, oh, they yeah. didn't have uh, one of the little iPod so, minis. They didn't have sexist. them. At that stage. Uh, not really. She liked us. Asked her, what color would you like? She says, pink. You know, I mean, that's a personal choice. Sure. Uh, they have a roller coaster inside the Mall of America. That's how big it is. Yeah. It's such a big mall. Have you been to it? I
4: have, yeah. I was there on a uh, Catholic missionary trip when I was 16.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any action? I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah. Catholic girls are the best. Is this what you are well, saying? Uh,
1: a little bit. They're all, they're not the worst. Oh yeah. To pick up any bumpers for your car, uh, bumper stickers for your car. Well, why would I? Why? Just, I think
3: some Catholic-related I was oh. at
1: the Mall of
4: America. That's great. I thought. Oh, let's just move on.
3: Oh, okay. Sorry, the bumper sticker thing. We'll get to that in, like, podcast 13 or 14. Yeah. I think yeah. it's let, let people get minute. to know Donnie yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, before they, they obviously so, ostracize him. <laughs> back to... Uh,
1: <laughs> that's a different kind of podcast, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. So, three covers. Buffalo plus 3.5. Philadelphia plus 5. And at home, the Minnesota plus 3. Okay, my eyes are drawn to two of those same
4: games. Um, I. I'm, I think you're hugely foolish to be betting against Matt Ryan after their demolition job of the Buccaneers. Look like uh, what happened after Week One. Though. Yeah, well, I don't. Teddy Bridgewater playing without a decent running back, and Matt Azziata is a genius. Mm-hmm, without a tight end, I, I, I don't see. I think the, I have hope for the Bridgewater era as I drafted him uh, as my quarterback of the future in our in our dynasty league. But I think I, I think the Falcons do just enough to win by a, a touchdown or something like that. I think. It's trouble for the Vikings from here, and I like Philly on the road. I think that's a crazy amount of points for the team that's probably the second best team in the NFC. Um, I don't maybe San Francisco win that, but I, I like to think that, that that Eagles' uh offense is going to cause trouble for everybody. I got Philly as well, and then finally, I love I love me some Tony Romo this uh this, this, this weekend. I, I think the Saints are this really overvalued team. And uh, Tony Romo did the job
1: coming back last week, and I think the Cowboys Norman plus Saints three at Dallas, plus
4: three at home. Oh,
1: the, just sorry, I I know what you mean, right? But they did the job coming back last week against the St. Louis Rams, the Rams, and mm-hmm. backup quarterback. They're going against like they're still that same defense that collapsed to Austin Davis. Are now going up against True Brees? Like that's the you know. Yeah, we'll see. I okay. like it. no, it's it's. I like it. I something. I'm I'm so passionate about it because I thought about it myself.
3: That's a late game. <laughs> that's um, a late game, Sunday think, night. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm picking it's Dallas plus three. I I like the look of the Raiders plus three and a half at uh, at Wembley. Uh, that's not my bet. I also like um, the Colts minus seven and a half. I think they're gonna kill Tennessee, but that's not also also not my bet. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, You're going for a cover? You've changed your mind on the Steelers. Minus seven and a half. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in.
4: because <laughs> uh, Earlier you sounded pretty clear in your judgment against the Steelers is that they were a, a rubbish team, I think was your word.
3: Uh, well, yeah. they were. Well, that was yeah. last week before it turned out that they went and thumped the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. which I didn't think was going to be possible. Uh, and, uh, you know, new as, information as, came to light, dude. As the lad
1: said, though, that that could have been just a A off freak. freaky
3: game. Uh, it could have been, except that now both Bell and Blunt are playing quite well. Uh, Tampa have lost their offensive coordinator this week with uh, an illness; means he's not coming back. Um, that might be a good thing. And also, they're a disaster. in There, okay. they're a complete disaster. So, seven and a half points. Pittsburgh Steelers. Is Mike Glennon going to start? Though he is. Yeah, I was watching. <laughs> I kept watching that game. Right.
1: I. I. Uh, on Friday morning, I don't know why. Five it was in the morning, over it was fifty-six wow. <laughs> nil, like six points. Yeah. And no, it was it was Friday morning, like um normal time. I was watching to see Mike Evans make any catches. I bumped him up to starter in one of my
3: leagues just for one week only. I had the uh, Atlanta kicker. Just stop kicking extra points and kick mm. them. Field goals. You still got eight points off him, then. I know, but it was ridiculous. Buyer, they score 56 points, you're like, oh, there must be like 12 field goals in this.
4: <laughs> Think about our boy Pat Murray just sitting there watching him kick an extra point. He points. never
3: got one
1: field goal attempt. I was watching out for the poor guy. Didn't even notice him for the two extra points. It was so late in the game. But Mike Glennon is a funny-looking guy. He uh, He's definitely better than Josh McCown. I don't know what they were doing signing him as a starter. 35 years old, never done it he before. Was, he was brilliant, though. But Glennon has this kind of weird... Like, he, st- he, he kind of stands up straight and doesn't look in any way mobile. So he'll, like, step up into the pocket, but it's just his legs will kind of move. Everything else yeah. will just stay completely statutory. I watched, it's very strange to look at, but he's pretty good, I think.
4: I watched a lot of uh, box games last <coughs> year for fantasy, and actually, he's terrible, but, like, in a, the best way possible. And I, gotta, I feel I like they're in th- good hands now, yeah.
3: All right. Uh, I also think the Jets have a chance against the Lions. They're plus one and a half at home. Jets are yeah. pretty unlucky this year. Yeah, so you got to think that at some point that's gonna come come good for them. I picked the Jets to win that game in the pick'em thing. Oh, like, I, I think that they... then why didn't you take the plus one and a half? That's a that's a far superior bet to a fifty fifty pick. I em. just hate the Jets. So my picks uh, are the Philadelphia Eagles to cover plus five. Yep. The uh, Steelers minus seven and a half. Okay. And then I was uh, do I do I trust Blake Bortles, who I've seen in person? I had a feeling. This oh, was, you're not confident my, my boy Bertle, Bortles. No, no. Uh, at San Diego, he's getting thirteen and a half points on his full debut in you, the NFL. You saw him. The Jags will cover at some stage. Notre Dame, you, Beaver seeing, Stadium,
4: Beaver Stadium, Penn State, UCF, and he was great that day.
3: Oh yeah, he was really good. Airing it out. Yeah, except I don't trust him enough because uh, I think the <laughs> Jags are terrible. So I'm going with Kansas City plus three and a half. Oh, against wow. the Pats. Yeah, Alex Smith. Come on, baby. Come I'd, on, I'd, bring it home. I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't
1: didn't cross my mind that looked like some. I, me easy too. One. You got. I heard you talking about um, that game and just just on the point about Kansas City, like. It, they've almost been given absolutely no credit for the fact that they really should have. If they had, like, if if they in any way were coordinated on their last drive against Denver, they should have beat them. You know, they had the ball in their hands With as time two. ran out to win a touchdown on the line. Which got the job done? Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, this was this was like this was. Yeah, Niall Davis had a big game, and but you know, Smith couldn't find anybody in the ends on the on the one yard line. But well, basically, Dwayne, they Dwayne hung Ball's around in that, that game. Dead, isn't he? Wimbo. Yeah, He's he come back from the first game. So. He's played the last two. He's he hasn't done anything in two years. Uh, but look, they're just not that bad a team. Yeah. And for various different reasons, they've got a few holes or whatever. But like, I'd be very worried as a Patriots. Here fan comes a crisis tonight.
3: for Bill Belichick. And, yeah. well, you know, or, think, or they but, but uh, like, or they lose this game by three points. You can overblow
1: things at this time of year as well. Like Patriots will just get things get job done. Like and like. Is also Me and Donnie were together. Me and Donnie were together a while after the the All Ireland last week, while the Patriots were stinking the joint out, and we were checking the scores against Oakland. But it never felt like that. Like they were always, you know, a touchdown ahead or six points ahead. Yeah, and but it is Oakland. You just knew they were going to win the game. I yeah, know. but what I'm saying
3: is they didn't exactly. Raise themselves for this? No, it's true. You don't want to peak just yet, and maybe they're trying some new stuff. Who knows? Well, I
1: mean, they you, probably
3: shouldn't have sold their best or traded
1: their best offensive lineman two days before the season. It's just you know, it's a that's a wild statement. I know, but I think this Tim Wright guy, he's going to come good. You know, um, let's not write him that off. Tight end
3: Tim Wright. Has he played much? Um,
4: I think they're kind of holding him back. You know, they're waiting for maybe the Super Bowl or something oh, to yeah. debut him.
3: Zach Sudfeld was on the field for uh, the Gets last He a catch. He did, yeah. 12 yards. It was like He's got stats in the <laughs> NFL. Uh, mm. Some quick
1: analysis on our picks if, before if you want to talk about fantasy. Um, one, nine picks, everybody has gone for a cover except for you, You, yours, pick of the Steelers. Everything else was a plus. And me and Donnie going against each other with the Vikings in Atlanta is the first time mm. that we've done that in three weeks. Interesting on other sides of a game so one one of us will get that right unless, yeah, it's, uh, unless it's a
3: tie <laughs> but it can't well yeah, it's yeah so it still can be uh, alright so I'm just trying to remember I have Julio Jones so that basically means that uh, you'd need to be ridiculously bad at fantasy not to have won last week and I managed mm. it in another league where I also have not but in you, the league that we talk about in this podcast Yes,
4: Did I, am I right in saying that you're maybe one of the top top two
3: players in that league um, I believe your team is second in second terms is, of overall points that's very possibly true. Oh, and overall points. Overall in, points. In the is that
4: what you mean. Yeah, I'm talking about overall points. in terms of like, like you know, where the where the waiver wire works. I, I believe Mr. McKenna's team is and Mr. Patton's team are doing okay. Yeah. Uh, who you picked? Well, I don't. I'm not going to claim any credit for that. But the um, I, we might talk about um, what happened Sunday night or was it Monday night? Monday went to, night. Went to bed. Was playing this guy on the other side of the in the studio. Yeah. I think I had a one point advantage. Playing on my team, the Jets defense going against me, the Matt Forte experience. Matt Forte versus the Jets defense. Mick just needed to outscore me by one solitary point. Yeah, you want to take a guess how it worked?
3: What did Matt Forte get? Seven. Seven. What did the Jets defense get? Nine. Eight. Ah, eight. 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 Okay, maybe it was eight and nine.
1: You beat me by two points overall.
3: What um, what what did the Jets do to like? I have no idea yards I didn't, sacks. I didn't want to. I didn't, didn't want to find out. <laughs> I didn't even care. I, I didn't
1: look good, Peter. I was just it disgusted. Was. I nearly went three and zero in fantasy leagues last week, only for the
3: Matt Forte to let me down. Uh, my biggest trouble is that I can't find a a D or a kicker who are any good on any kind of. I'm, I'm streaming <laughs> both. It met yeah, Byron, Me no? too. And it's um, now I dropped him. I've got Miami this week. <clears throat> In London. Yeah, that's not good. Always a
1: crappy, low-scoring game, except for when it's the complete opposite. Uh, well, we have, in this Dynasty League that we're discussing,
4: it's a 20-man roster, right? Somehow this week, nine of my guys are on by. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Yeah>. my, um, <laughs> I have no one on the bench. I have Anton Smith of Atlanta starting.
1: Oh my God.
4: Um, really? Ruben Randall. What's he doing on your team? well the one yeah, of the easy. one of the problems of a, of a of a league with 20 man rosters is that there's nobody available when you're in need of a running
1: back in a bind some of the players available in that league i was looking through it there the other day randy moss Um, uh, uh, Jeff Garcia I think you can still get Donovan uh, Donovan McNabb (laughs) I think (laughs) you can still get Aaron Hernandez uh, Aaron Hernandez I think was in there yeah yeah. so uh, loads of guys that haven't been heard of in about 10 years I'm fine at tight end but I I mean like so you're not going to pick up Aaron Hernandez
4: will Ray Rice play this week? Peterson? (laughs) like like those these are the kind of guys
1: this is what I need like oh uh, while we're speaking about fantasy, we're in an interesting place with um, a different league that we're in where there's keepers. But if you pick up a guy off the wa- waiver wire, um, you, you have a 16th round pick the next year. Yeah. But at the moment, Peterson is on somebody's team as a first round pick. He's got no value to him whatsoever.
3: Yeah, He drops him, Then the it's other whoever, 13 people free for all to see who gets him. Yeah. That's about to happen. So just tank this week, play no one, and then you automatically have number one in the waiver. I
4: won't make it, No, because you have to be tanking for the whole season. It'll be you know it's you know it's the guy with the worst record overall.
3: Is it on the waiver wire? Mm. Not just the last week. No, no, no. No. nope. So, that's not would good. you
1: pick him up? And of course, give up a whole season though, because course, yeah. Adrian Peter's going to be thirty next year.
3: Well, it depends. I mean, I, I I ended up picking up Julio Jones in exactly the same circumstances last yeah. year, and that worked out. I think that rule might be modified, but for next season, I need to work on that. <laughs> Uh okay, so your team this week is Matt Ryan, Fred Jackson, Kelvin Benjamin, Reuben Randall, uh Jimmy Graham. You were the guy who picked Justin up Randall Hunter. I wanted him. We talked about that last week. You've got an empty
4: slot. I've um at slot. I think that's gonna be Anton Smith.
3: You are playing somebody who might be less interested in uh, the game this week than uh, something else that's going uh, on well, in the world. Unfortunately stuff. the game is on his he's busy on Saturday this we'll, guy. We'll, so we'll talk about that again sometime. Okay. Uh my team is slated to win by about 45 points by somebody who ah oh, he's changed his team today, that's grand because there was a lot of uh people on by. Can I say my three running backs are rated 1,
1: ones five and eight who are you playing in, um, oh, who are they in overall running back ranks the like Gar blunt no, rate like ranked for this week yeah? in, on espN oh. um who are they levy and Bell, Alfred Morris, and Forte. Did you, Bell, am I right in thinking that you benched him last week? <laughs> I was trying to, that was possibly my dumbest move ever. That I would have won that game easily if I hadn't benched Levy and Bell because I was, basically I've got... You benched him against Donny. I've got Andre Ellington knocking and around my team. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've
1: got Andre Ellington knocking around my team and I don't know what to do with him because he, 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 I can't fit I can't fit him in, but he's good <clears> enough <throat> to play. So I, uh, yeah, I I looked at matchups like an idiot instead of just playing possibly now the best running back in the NFL mm-hmm. the weird thing about Dynasty is you don't like especially
4: going back to the draft you don't know whether you are you want to play for today or play for two Next years season, Yeah, and I think most of, most of the teams seem to have ended up with just bad teams like the the scoring is low none of, those, none of the teams seem really good at all
3: my team's not bad but uh, my mm-hmm. like, team is I amazing quite, I quite like my team Um, I have Kirk Cousins CJ Spiller Matt Asiatis that's not great No, but after that it goes Calvin Johnson Julio Jones Gronkowski Antonio Brown that's pretty nah, good that's too. much better uh, this week I'm playing against somebody, Tom Flynn, who's still got Emmanuel Sanders, Dennis Pitta, Wes Welker and St. Louis in his team, all of whom are either on a bye or out for the season. So I think I'm going to win this week. Dennis Pitta, yeah. looking good for you. Um, I heard a good idea on one of the podcasts. It was, uh, don't drop somebody good for a crappy D this week yeah. if you've got a good D. And if you think you're going to win, have a blank spot. So I might just be about to go off and... Uh, Pick up the Broncos or somebody good who's um, on waiver Wars this week.
4: Yeah, I was considering that. And another, another I league. didn't
3: have anybody good not to drop though. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> I
4: was. I was like, I was the same. I was. It was I thought I had to drop Ladarius L- Green for a for a kicker, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna maybe just roll without a kicker here. And then I realized Dexter McCluster just sitting there <laughs> quite taking up space. See you later, buddy.
3: I thought that Dexter McCluster had an amazing game last week. You yeah. You're
4: thinking about Jill McNight.
3: No, <laughs> did for McCluster. Nah, it's not, no no, no,
4: no, no PC. Oh that's oh, right. Okay. Sorry, I'm thinking about last year. Okay. Um yeah, Bishop Sankey or maybe Sean Green, I don't know. I don't think he did much.
3: Five right. points maybe. Okay. Is that enough nonsense? It's probably we've reached our nonsense quota for the week. You can tweet us out off the ball with any uh, abuse. You can um email us off the ball at Newtalk. If you have any questions at McCarthy Mick at Donnie Mahoney at Jerry Gilroy. That's right. That's right. See you next week, folks.